This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to Table Flipping. I'm actress Taylor Mishak. And I'm writer Alyssa Littman. Join us as we sit down with guests to unpack how the fascinating, messy women of reality TV have shaped our lives. And of course, dish about Bravo, The Bachelor, and everything in between. Thanks Thanks for for listening. listening. Happy Friday, Alyssa. Friday and happy holidays to everybody. (laughs) Uh, We're going to act like we weren't just talking about how Omicron is ruining (laughs) our lives. We're like, happy holidays. Right before recording, we were like, this sucks. Everything is ruined. Um, But still, happy holidays to everyone. Rounding out the year with just a touch of chaos. Um, Do you know what I'm looking forward to the most? I want to see if you feel this way. Why? My favorite part of the end of the year is like, December 26th, 27th to the 30th, because okay. it's now you're like released from all obligations of like, you know, the to do of the holidays, which are fun, but it's a lot. And it's this like middle ground, like universe where everybody just kind of like lets each other chill out and nobody knows what day it is. And it's just like, you get to be lazy I think I'm going to do like a fun little home reorganization. I'm going to ditch my phone for days. I went to make an appointment the other day and they were like, we could do uh, December 28th. And I was like, you guys are open. (laughs) And they were like, yeah, I mean, yeah. Why would we not be open? I was like, that's how much I'm looking forward to those like lost days. Oh, that's so sweet. Um, I am just consumed with fear of Omicron. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not looking forward to anything except for landing back in Los Angeles and testing negative for COVID. But I have to tell you, so you saw the like, uh, temp wallpaper that we put up in our office, right? That's temp. Um, yeah, it's temp. It's like it's like you know you can peel it off. Is the point? Like we didn't want to commit to like fully pasting oh, it on the wall. And so we went on this journey. It's very hard to put up wallpaper by yourself. The first time we did it was sort of falling off of the wall. We talked to the wallpaper company. They were like, "Yeah, you got to primer the wall because like who knows if the previous owner painted with like slick paint that would prevent it from sticking, whatever." So we primered the wall and we sprayed this glue on the back. We worked so hard to like put it up, and we spent all this time and we matched it up exactly and it was like beautiful and I was like yay now we get to enjoy this and then today it just completely fucking fell off the no. wall <laughs> and that's no. how I feel about this whole pandemic virus yeah. like we ha- got to a place where we were like everything's good like it's gonna be fine and then the wallpaper fell off the wall and now we're all like canceling our plans again it's so wow stupid. what a met yeah that's just like such a metaphorical moment yeah <laughs> oh that reminds me that um our dear friend Ryan O'Flanagan, who's been on the pod more than once, is releasing an album today. Oh, uh, so his comedy album came out. Everybody listen to it while you're traveling or not. Um, it's called Yum Yum Yum. Yay. Uh, but what reminds me of it is it starts, he recorded it like in front of a live audience in Indianapolis a couple months ago. And he was like, so happy that this is over. Just kidding. So happy we all agreed to ignore it for now. Like we're just all agreeing. <laughs> 
in this moment to ignore it. And that's kind of cool, I guess. And I'm like, that's how, and listening to it last night, I was like, yeah, that I remember those days. And now Omnicron's like, you can't ignore me, bitch. Yeah. Um, this is a whole, a whole thing. I loved that wallpaper though. I also Aww. love it's the second like fruit wallpaper that I've now been obsessed with. The other one is of one of our listeners, Lily Waldron. I love her fruit Aww, wallpaper as cute. well. Although those are those little like decals you know, that can be like random stickers that you can put out on a white wall and it looks like it's wallpaper. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. Which online I thought, no way that looks as amazing as it does. And then when I saw hers in person, I was like, cool. She did a good job. That's cool. Um, Let's get into, we're going to do something we don't normally do. um, And that is really dive into a major spoiler about The Bachelorette. Why not? Uh, Let's just burn it to the ground. Why not? You guys already know what the fuck is going on. Like everybody already knows. And if anything, like now post Joe being eliminated, I feel like we're not even entering in spoiler territory. It's just like everybody kind of knows what's going to happen. Right. To be clear, Um, I don't I don't actually know. So I will react live on the pod for you guys. But I don't care because fuck it. Nothing matters. Nothing like, matters. Who knows what's going to happen tomorrow? I want to know what happened. You Let's know? burn it to the ground. If okay. for whatever reason you don't like skip, I don't know, like 10 minutes. Um, so I was reading, we know that this week uh, Michelle eliminated Joe. Right. Which I found somewhat surprising because this whole time we've been like, she's going to end up with Joe. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reason I say somewhat is because she did seem like so infatuated with Nate this episode. Turns out. Nate has had a five-year relationship with a girl that he ended right before going on The Bachelorette. Uh, And Michelle (gasps) picks Nate. They get engaged. They immediately break up. Immediately break up. He goes back to his hometown and starts bragging about how he won The Bachelorette. And starts slinging his dick around. I'm literally crying. She's She's weeping. (laughs) Guess what? Then Michelle goes home to Minnesota and gets together with Joe. No. So Michelle is currently. (laughs) You guys, it's too much for me to handle. I've never cried over The Bachelor. I'm so mad at it. I, I cannot believe how could they not tease this? Marketing is bad on The Bachelor. Well, because they also, it seems like they, this is all, it's a very deep Hannah Brown situation. I think oh. it's going to be in the, in the final rows um, because they can't tease the breakup without losing you for the first, what fucking 17 hour finale that they do when they do the proposal. Do you know what right. I mean? Yeah. Um, and then we're in another situation where Brandon becomes the Peter because then Brandon's going to be like, but I was there the yes. whole time and I loved you the whole time. And Michelle's going to be like, no, I went back to my, my Minnesota boy, Joe, but it's another case of like, I don't, I don't understand going on this show and letting yourself go so far. If you're Jed, if you're Nate and you're proposing to a woman knowing full well, like, why don't you do, why don't you do the self-elimination thing where you're just like, I'm not ready. And then you like kick yourself out. I don't get it. I just don't get it. You know, what's like psychotic too, is that he clearly had his family fucking lie on national television. He clearly had to be like, do not bring up my previous relationship. 
Well, and he said he was, uh, I feel like a lot of them, both for all different reasons, like weren't super open with their families. And he was like, I don't really bring like girls home. And it's like, do you not bring girls home because you've only dated one girl for five years and you supposedly never brought her home. And maybe that has something to do with his family being like, he's not ready for an engagement. Hint, hint, wink, wink. He's still in love with Sarah or whatever the fuck her name is. Um, Now he's not with her anymore, though. And is just like hooking up with people. Um, yeah, of course. And Ugh. it's wild. And I want, like, we've talked about Michelle getting into it with some of the assholes this season. And that I've, there's been a lot of cases where I want her to go harder. I want her yeah. to like go so hard. I don't want her to pull a Katie Thurston, but I want her to pull, I, I just like want her to be a little bit more harsh. And, uh, and I hope we get that in this case at the, final rose or after the final rose or whatever the it's just like what the fuck are you even supposed to say to that person like first of all he's so smug and he's like so pleased with himself I actually have disliked him because he reminds me so much of my ex-boyfriend this entire time and I okay so first of all poor Brandon Brandon should be the bachelor like why do we pick Clayton who gives a shit about that guy he's like we've done that already I want to see Brandon be the bachelor he seems really funny and like cute and like quippy and Mm -hmm. um I, we were watching the rose ceremony, right? And I was, Mike missed a little bit of it. So I was catching him up on everything. And I was like, it's so weird. Like Brandon's so sweet to her and he's obviously like in love with her and he's there for her. And then, you know, Joe seems really great as well. There's like some question marks from their history. I was like, I don't know why she's keeping this doofus Nate around. Like (laughs) he's just so, I, I don't know, like his parents, you know, told her that he may not be ready for an engagement. And he, she basically had to like spoon feed him like a fucking, like feeding a baby with like an airplane to say, mm-hmm. I love you being like, mm-hmm. is there anything else you want to say to me? Like all of that. <laughs> and he still like kind of barely said it. And she seems so over the moon. And we were literally, I had the TV like paused right as they were lining up for the rose ceremony. And Mike's like, you want to know why she's keeping Nate around? And I was like, sure. oh. and we pushed play and he goes, Literally, Nate lines up last, and he's like a fucking foot so tall. taller than the other two guys. They're literally hot, lined up in order of height. Yeah, <laughs> they're little cell towers. She's Wait, like, that's actually. I'm glad you bring this up. I'm glad Mike brings this up because I was just about to say I have no idea what Nate is bringing to the table that the yes. other two boys aren't. Like, she seems to have really good sexual chemistry with the other two boys. They all seem equally unfunny to me. They all see like they like I don't I just like don't see what he's bringing other than like a lot more jewelry. I don't see it. And I didn't realize that. I didn't realize that he was also like he's and I was like, wait, Joe played basketball. So there's no way he's not tall. Like and she's very tall. And Mike's like, he's like a point guard. So he's probably six foot one. I think Nate is like Mm. six, six. And he's like, look, I don't make the rules, but that's what's I don't make the rules. That is, yeah, that's a big factor. That's a big factor. I wish they would like put that in the fucking edit, dude. Like let them say that. I don't get it. Um, so yeah, I feel for Michelle, but also I'm like, at this point, it's just another knock against why spend hours of your life watching this show when yeah. it's the epitome of a waste of time. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Like, I feel like if they made the episodes one hour long, 
and they teased out some of this stuff earlier on. And then we could, we could have more cliffhangers as it's unfolding. That Mm -hmm. seems to be the better way to go. I mean, look, there's always going to be some dead air and just some like jokes and funny, like things that the contestants are doing, but to have us go through this entire thing and then have her cut Joe, who she obviously wanted to be with, like, and then have her just go back to, it's just, what are we watching at this point? And the fact that we don't mm-hmm. know any of this, I don't think is helpful. I want to know like a little no. bit, you know, like. I know. If, the fact that we, I know it now, we know it now. Pre-finale yeah. is like, come on. It's, it's not, it's no good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's crazy. And it's, I also thought it was really interesting that Caitlin said to her, like, any of the fears that you're wrestling with, like pay attention to those because I wish I would have paid closer attention to that. And I think that really made her cut Joe. I think she was like, okay, like he ghosted me. I could have hooked up with him at any point before The Bachelorette. Like he's from my hometown. Why did I come on here if I'm just going to end up with a guy I could have ended up with? And I think she like went out on a limb and tried to do something different and then uh, got fucked over. But also like (sighs) you have to have a better judge of character if you're picking Nate. Come on. I wonder I wonder if it really changes your like barometer for like bullshit affection when you're in this situation. Like I have some girlfriends who just like love a lot of a lot of affection and attention like straight up from the beginning. And sometimes they'll be with somebody who is like really, really great. And just like a little bit more mellow and a little more relaxed and isn't like showering them in compliments. And they'll be like, I don't know. It just like, isn't working. And then me on the sidelines, I'm like, this is a great guy. Like give him time and let him like grow and like, let it figure out. But like relax on the needing all of that, like affirmations back. I think you might get it in time. And I think that that logic would maybe be like totally turned on its head when you're in a situation of all of these guys constantly showering you in compliments, constantly giving you those affirmations and affection and like reassurance that then you would want so much more from the guy who isn't giving it to you a little bit. Like, right. I think Joe was really like sweet and affectionate and was telling her that he was into her. But in comparison to Brandon, who was like, I would die for you right now. Do you want me to die for you right now? And like Nate, who is also like being such a bullshitter and so like sleazy, then Joe, the extreme of Joe not being anywhere near that feels like, oh, well, he's he's not not into me at all. My gut is telling me that he's like barely even into me when really yeah. he's being like a more normal dude. But you're in this bubble of being just like showered with attention that you're I think like your way of testing that would be off. Just weird. I personally just feel like it's a red flag. Anytime a guy based on you doing literally nothing like you're just laying on a boat and he goes, wow you're really something. You're something else. You're so different. It's like, yeah, fuck I didn't that. do anything. Like you've fuck seen girls that. in bikinis before, you know, like that's yeah. a red flag. Watch out he for goes, that. He goes, <laughs> yeah, major red flag. I like when he goes, I love all the subtle things about you. I was like, are you the stupidest person? In the world? Like, I like, what do you mean? Like say, so if you're going to say, I like something small about, or there's this little thing I've noticed about you fucking say it like articulate it and say what it is. Don't just go. I'm the guy who likes the little things. Like I'm the guy who pays attention to you. Like, fuck that. I like the subtle things about you. What does that even mean? Bullshit. He also had a huge uh, pimple on his forehead. And (laughs) Mike was like too tall. Can't see it. (laughs) Doesn't matter. Too tall. (laughs) Too tall. Can't see it. 
Um, so ew, gross, bad job. I, that's so, you have to be such a bad person to get that far on the bachelor and have this blow up in your face. And let it happen. Yeah. Oh, oh, also, did you know, okay. Speaking of this whole, uh, situation that is similar to the Hannah Brown situation. Remember we found out Jed was dating a girl when he proposed to Hannah, right? That girl, the original Jed girlfriend is dating Hannah Brown's brother. Oh no, <laughs> that girl. I Isn't don't that like that. Fucked oh. up. Yeah. There's a, there's a level of, listen, I went to theater school. All my friends have hooked up with each other. Everybody's yeah. like hooked up with so-and-so's boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever. So there's, I have like a pretty high tolerance for like everything in that arena. Right. However, this girl is somebody who would be associated with such a like deeply traumatic time in your life romantically and like have so much symbolized like betrayal and everything that's like fucked up. And then for that person to like infiltrate your family is, (laughs) I feel like that's horrible. That's so different than just even, oh, my brother's dating a girl. I don't like, it's like, no, my brother's dating a girl that I like associate with like the antithesis of like a deep heartbreak. I'm not going to lie. I have like revenge hooked up with people who I knew would hurt a person who hurt me. Like, absolutely. Like I've said, I think I've said to you and Tony before, like, I used to be like, great. If you do that, then I'll just fuck all your friends. You know, yeah. <laughs> I like mean it. Like I've hooked up with someone. I'm a woman of my word. <laughs> I've hooked up with someone's brother who a previous person sort of like left me for the sister. And I'm like, great. I'll hook up with your brother on New Year's Eve. Like wow. no problem. But the reason why that's fine is because they wronged me, you know, like in this situation, she wronged Hannah. Then you can't like then go ahead and fuck Hannah's brother. Like, no, you can't double down, bitch. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, it's one of those where you just go, it's not like looking at just the Jed situation. It's not this woman's fault. Um, but now looking at this, I'm like, how the fuck did you guys even meet? Like, what is going on? I also in the, in uh, my research of this current Michelle season spoiler, um, I was like watching some of the, the bachelorette and bachelor accounts on TikTok, And a lot of them were like, it's annoying that the boyfriends and girlfriends decide to come out at this time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but I think it has to do with how the show is airing. Like Mm. if you are Jed's girlfriend or you are Nate's girlfriend, you're watching the show, expecting them to get eliminated. And it's not until they're finally doing like overnights that you're like, the fuck. And then also people are going to give you a microphone at that point. So who knows? These women also could have been like shouting it from the rooftops from the beginning and nobody cares until they get to the top three. I don't know. Yeah, that's true. There's got to be so many other cases of guys having girlfriends and stuff that we don't hear about. I just can't imagine watching someone come home and meet your family as the girlfriend and being like, that's fine. Like, that's crazy. I would be so mad crazy. at that point. Mm-hmm. I, what are people thinking? There's like other ways to get famous. I don't know if they know that, you know, no, like we I should tell them. <laughs> yeah. And, and like for uh, all of these people who are like, then I'm going to use it for like clout and to like fuck people. It's like, all of you guys are already hot. Like, can't you just already go to a fucking bar and like be eight feet tall and have all your jewelry and just like fuck people? Why do you need to say you won the bachelorette to like feel like you can get in people's pants? Like that doesn't also makes no sense to me. It doesn't feel like it's good clout, but whatever. 
Wait, I'm sorry. Didn't someone accuse, didn't Christian like accuse Nate of being like this? Maybe Christian's a good guy. I don't know. <laughs> Christian who said I've had hotter women suck my dick. I think maybe he might uh, be good. Chris, Chris oh, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe she, and then Michelle is going to end up with Chris. He went hard at Nate and Michelle was yeah. like, you need to chill the fuck out. And we were all like, he's obsessed with Nate. And it's like, wait a second. Maybe he knew everything. Wow. Redemption for Chris. <laughs> Okay, should we talk about something else? Let's uh, let's touch on Vanderpump. Okay, I have to tell you, our friend, friend of the pod, um, who co-hosted Trust the Bachelor Process, great, mm-hmm. great transition. Mm-hmm. Alex Franklin was in the background of Ariana's birthday party. <gasps> yes! yes. Wait, was that at Madcap Hotel or was, was that at, a different bar? Uh, it was. A, they started at Madcap Hotel and then they went to Tramp. Uh, stamp grannies, which is a bar I've oh, always wanted yeah. to go to, but I've never been. It looks so cute. But yeah, Alex was just like taking a drink in the <gasps> background. Yes, which I thought girl. Was so fun. <laughs> oh my God, that's amazing. Um, I have a bunch of my friends worked and managed Madcap. Oh, and wow. I was okay, like, can you like, how did explain... none of you tell me? Yeah. What the hell is going on there? It was supposed to be like an interactive. It's closed. Um, I was like, wow, sad free advertising post it closing. Um, But it was like an immersive slash immersive theater slash like Instagram photo op situation. Mm -hmm. Um, And there was a lot of like you could you saw like Tom and Ariana go in and there's like a mad scientist. And I think the theme was like a little like general in terms of there was like sort of a sci-fi element and kind of like a haunted element and it's just like supposed to be a little spooky and a little off and there's like places for you to take pictures uh, mm-hmm. but it was in east hollywood and i think it was up for it was it was something that got like deeply fucked by the virus like everything did yeah. where like right when it opened is when you couldn't do just like indoor and and even if you were doing indoor photo stuff it's like you would have to have your mask on so nobody's like just taking a bunch of pictures right. and stuff with their masks on um, but I was like, how did nobody tell me that the cast of Vanderpump went? That's annoying. Um, but yeah, I'm, that's so cute about the bar. Also, maybe one of my favorite falls in Bravo history. Yeah. Ariana's fall was great. And her bouncing back up with a beaming smile. I was like, love this for her. Makes me so happy. Um, and I also uh, might take away, I will, I will say I somewhat regret saying that I thought Ariana was rolling at Rachella. Maybe Ariana just seems like she's rolling when she's drinking. She seems like she's on Molly when she's drunk. She's like, I love you so much. I love you. I love this. And she's like touching shit. And I'm like, oh, maybe that's just like the kind of drunk she is, which is cool. It's Um, possible. She's actually, I was thinking like, she's very good at being that drunk on TV. Like, yeah, she was adorable. It was, she was still like fun and happy. Yeah. Yeah, She looked pretty, but you can also tell she was fucked up and she, but she was like smiling and that fall was so hilarious. That's one of those where you wake up in the morning and your whole leg, leg is like purple. And you're like, oh no. Yeah. You know, I will say this is, I think that they're generally speaking, a cute couple. I think that they've got a lot figured out in terms of their lifestyle. It's very funny to watch them get together and like get ready together and put makeup on. I think she says he told her we're t- we're going to dinner. And instead he took her to Madcap, this like photo experience, and then <laughs> right. took her to a bar for a surprise. And she was like, I was under the impression we were going to dinner. So therefore I have not eaten all day and mm-hmm. now I'm going to be drinking. And I'm just going to say it, a boy who doesn't know that you need to eat, like doesn't love you. Wow. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, I guess he could argue like I ordered pizza, but then you definitely make sure that Ariana is like hand delivered as many slices as she wants before everyone else takes the pizza. Right. Yeah. You gotta be like, I feel like 90% of the communication I have with Tony is about when and what we're eating Yeah, and what's, what's the, making sure each other are fed, like what, like what the plan is. And to, and I get that you could be overwhelmed by planning a surprise party and whatever, but if I was planning a surprise party for Tony, I would absolutely be like, and at what point is he being fed? This is making me feel so much better because I was thinking like, if you fucking told me we were going to eat dinner and then we arrived at a surprise party and there was no dinner and I was drinking, I would melt down so fast and ruin the yeah, party. Like exactly. I would just be in tears. I'd be like, I'm I, I feel the I'm same going to McDonald's. Way. Yeah. I would be like, you didn't feed me. <laughs> like, yeah. I would be fully like, you need to feed me now. I am a birthday baby. There needs to yeah. be, especially that leap of like, oh no, we're just going to go drink. And, and they're big drinkers. They take tons of shots. Like, what are you, what are you asking for at this point? But I was like, mm, I don't love that he did. I think like, Sure, it's partially just like a, a thing that you could be at best. It was something he like sort of forgot about while planning this big, like nice thing. But at its worst, it's like, what are you, what were you really planning? Like you weren't really thinking about her. You're just trying to like have a big event that's like yeah. more about you than it is about her. Or else you I would totally be about agree. her and you would get her food. I also was like, snack. yeah, I also was like, he just manages to make every single thing the most possible annoying it could be. Like all of his movements, he's like swimming through the lights in the Madcap Hotel. And he's like coming up to her and doing like a little spin and is like, here's a spicy dumpling. And it's like, first of all, I think she's better than that. Like, I I don't understand how that's attractive to her. Maybe she's like playing along to be on camera, but then like, we get this whole other, like, I guess only like women can be mad now. I guess Mm -hmm. if you're a man, you can't be mad. And she did say like, you're getting a little men's rights for me, but I don't know how she's just like rolling her eyes at every time he gets like this. It's, it's very bizarre. I don't know how Sandoval like ended up you know, being on this, in this sort of like, I'm bitter about everyone when he has so much going for him, you know? Yeah. And that's what he's screaming about most of the time is like how well he's doing and how well he's making everyone else do because of it. Then to be like, yeah, I guess I can't even scream anymore because I'm a cis white male, he said, which is also crazy that she didn't openly correct him then I wonder if in that moment I would feel the pressure on camera to not be the person who was teaching him that for right. to not set myself up for failure of saying something wrong. And I wonder if it's just like, now the cameras are gone. Like, bro, here's what here's cis white male. And let's talk about it. Like this, let's you're embarrassing me. Um, but not letting him like force her into having like a teachable moment that she in that moment didn't feel prepared to do. Right. Um, which is fair, but Yeah. It's very curious to me. I think that she, there's a healthy balance of, and we've seen it a lot this season of her not agreeing with him or having moments where she's like, no, I'm not always on his side. I'm not like completely loyal to him per each argument. However, when it's just the two of you alone and he's venting about something so absolutely ridiculous, and it is like dripping in men's rights activist bullshit. Yeah. You do need to be like, no, that like, let's really 
let's get into this. Um, it's so yeah, it's very crazy, curious. Like, it's interesting to me that she was able to just, I mean, look, they're on a show and they've been on the show for a long time. They know how it works, but she very much just sat back while like Katie and Sandoval were screaming at each other. Can you imagine mm-hmm. if I was like screaming at Tony at a restaurant and you were just like sitting at the bar? Yeah. <laughs> That'd be so crazy. I'm just looking at Mike like, yikes. Like, be no. like what's guys, what's going on? Like, you yeah. need to calm down. Everything okay over here? Like no one should be screaming at each other. I also like, the way that Sandoval, I mean, the way that Schwartz talks about Katie, it's so they're there. I'm just like rooting for divorce for her. Like she, mm-hmm. she was defending him in that conversation being like, you do not make my husband money. He makes his own money. Like do not like undercut him. Sandoval's being such a dick about all of it. And then Schwartz immediately assumes that C- Katie's crazy and is like oversensitive and took things out of context. And Sandoval is just straight up lying to Schwartz's face and says like, Kate, it, she's the problem. Like you and I are not the problem. I just thought that was so fucked up. And I'm sure Schwartz is not, is going to like make some excuse at the reunion and not like see the situation for what it is. But I just cannot believe that the way Katie is being treated and is allowing herself to be treated. No, it's crazy. Even, even down to if this happened with friends, if you're defending your friend, any relationship, and you turn around and that person is like, quiet down. Like you're making a scene. Like, let's get out of here. It's like, fuck yeah. off, dude. I yeah. was just dying on a hill for you. Yeah. I also was thinking about like both of our both of our partners have writing partners. If that writing partner came to me and was like, I bring so much money oh into your house, I would <laughs> drown him. I would drown him. I like, I think it is already such a slippery, it's already such a slippery slope to talk about shit like that. And then yeah. to treat it, to treat it with so cavalierly and so ignorantly and to say things like that and to say it on camera is like really embarrassing to both of them and to imply that he is paying for her specifically like to have another man come up to you and be like I am the I put a fucking roof over your head is so infuriating and such a misunderstanding of the situation and such a mishandling of something that's so delicate and important and like you are being such an ignorant prick (laughs) I also have to say I mean yeah when you put it to me that way it's like it's making me really riled up right now like (laughs) I have to say like Katie was very like if someone said that to me I don't even want to like pretend like it's Patrick because we love Patrick and I don't want to drag him into this. But like, mm-hmm. if someone said that to me, I would say just unspeakable things back to them that I yeah. could never take back. Like we would never be able to recover. Yeah. And then afterwards I would be like, you are not a partner to that person any longer. Like you mm-hmm. have to figure out a different career path. I'm sorry. Like yeah. you can do whatever you want, especially like if it's a fucking restaurant partner, like who cares about that? Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, even a writing partner, I would just be like, okay, so that's done. You're a single writer now. Figure out how to get staffed on your own. <laughs> like it's yeah. so crazy. I think there's something to be said about even in the, even in the conversation with the two Toms, like Schwartz can't make a good, argument for himself, which ooh reminds right. me to tell you about the survivor finale this week. Um, but before getting into that, he, at one point, uh, Sandoval says, well, we are a brand and I feel really responsible for making that brand and, and dealing with sort of the upkeep of keeping it relevant and whatever. And shorts was like, well, we're not really a brand. And I was like, what are you, why are you using this time to make a point that sort of doesn't even make sense. <laughs> like you kind of, you kind of are in a way. And like the fact that you are arguing 
the semantics of what Tom Tom is and what Tom and Tom are is stupid. What you should be saying is like, no, dude, I get it. But, but it is, it does take two of us to do it for that exact reason. I have equal weight and it's important that I blah, blah, blah. Like he can't even defend himself in the moment where he has the floor to speak on it. Mm -hmm. And that would be so frustrating as to be in Katie's shoes, because then you feel even more inclined to advocate for him because he's not even doing it for himself, even when he has the chance. Yeah. It's also crazy. Like watching Lisa Vanderpump. So Lisa is so good at manipulating people. Right. And, and she's, I think she's actually, although she makes mistakes and she's sloppy, I think she's actually pretty good at assessing like the dynamics of a situation and figuring out how to get what she wants without having to like stress herself out the way that Katie's doing, you know? And so, and also she's a hundred percent right. She started Tom, Tom, like she started their brand. Yeah. No, I figured that out. Yeah. They didn't do it at all. Like this was not even your idea. Um, but I thought yes, it was so back, smart of matching her sweaters now. Cool. Yeah, exactly. I thought it was so smart of her to be like the only person who can like stand up to Sandoval is Schwartz. It's exactly right because Sandoval's never going to respect anything Katie says. It's always going to yeah. sound like Katie is just complaining. And by putting Schwartz face to face with Sandoval, you're, you're basically, it's like do or die. Like he's either going to see how Sandoval really is, or he's never going to be on your side. Like you have Mm -hmm. your answer of what the dynamic is always going to be like. And so I just thought it was very, it's smart. It's smarter. I like seeing a a Lisa Vanderpump playing at the height of her intelligence because we haven't really seen that in a long Mm -hmm. time. So Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Snaps to Lisa. (sighs) Man, also like Tom put so much concealer on his face. Like, don't let him scream at you, Schwartz. It's, yeah, so much. It's more not, than me. Yeah, it's too much. Uh, can I give you a brief summary of the Survivor finale? Because it was juicy. Yes. So first of all, back to our brag. I did win the Survivor pool. So oh, wow. <laughs> I put money on Erica, and Erica brought it home for me, baby. And did I feel guilty about it? Because I hosted it, and it was my idea, and then I won for sure. <laughs> Uh, I'm just like taking my friend's money. But what was really fascinating about this particular win is that there was another player named Xander who from the audience perspective and from like me and Tony and all of our friends who were in the pool watching it, like was kind of an obvious winner. And it was like, if he gets to the final three, where then the rest of the players um, listen to them in like a jury type situation. And then they vote who they think the sole survivor is. If Xander gets to the final three, no way he doesn't win. Um, we get to the jury and Erica, who had a decent game, but I didn't think the most impressive one was just like super, super well-spoken, had really, really sh- like pithy, smart, great answers. I was like, oh, wow, Erica might get a couple votes, but Xander's still going to win. Xander doesn't get a single vote. Erica wins by a landslide and me and Tony and everybody we've been watching with were shocked. It made absolutely no sense. And that's Mm -hmm. never happened before. And we were with people who've seen like every single season of survivor. And I bring all this up to say, other than backdoor bragging that I won, there is now we're just, we just have this theory that the way it was edited was like, not getting the full picture or not honest to the way that Erica was playing. Because if you're Mm. telling us that the rest of the cast, like near unanimously picked her and the audience is like Twitter was blowing up and was like, what the fuck is happening? Then I think it's a failure of the edit because perhaps it's an overcompensation of maybe she was the more obvious winner 
and they were trying to like breadcrumb that it was Xander and then did it too well Mm -hmm. that it hid her game. Cause at at several points I was like, Erica's not really done jack shit. And I'm paying close attention to her because she's my girl, but it was very fascinating thing to, to flub in a show that is such a well-oiled machine. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I wonder if other people feel that way. I know we were like all over Twitter because we were like, we can't be the only people who feel this way. <laughs> uh, and it made me think about other t- like I'm so hyper aware of editing tricks when we're watching particularly Bravo shows because right. now we we know the formula and we and we're following them just so much closer. And I just like Jeff and Survivor, I had so much trust in and I feel like they really <laughs> lost a little bit for me. <laughs> that's interesting yeah I don't uh I wonder how and then all you know I also think about like how you know there was an editor fired on uh Vanderpump because she hated Sheena so much and so Mm. people's like personal feelings come to the show through the edit like you can't take them out of it and so I wonder if they're Maybe there's like a conflict of interest. I don't know. I I will also say, because it's very on theme, Erica is the first female Canadian winner of Survivor. Oh, wow. So yes, And so people are like, she didn't even do anything. Yeah. (laughs) Like she didn't even do jack shit. But but that's the thing is people, people aren't even necessarily coming for her. People are either sad Xander didn't win because they felt he deserved it. But I don't think that the majority of like, this sounds so geeky, but like real Survivor fans are like, Oh, Erica didn't deserve it. They're going, Erica must have deserved it. What are we not seeing? Like, mm. what, what were the conversations that we weren't privy to? And I will say she had, I think, a, a really impressive final tribal. Like, where you just pitch yourself. She did a really fantastic job, but not enough to, like, fucking win. So there's got to be so much mm. more at play. I don't mm. know. We'll see. Um, what is our last show? Salt Lake City. Salt Lake City. Um, um, I love that Lisa Barlow. So, uh, we, you know, her assistant husband <laughs> is like sitting in the room and she's like complaining about all the shit that's going on. And he's like, I'm just going to go get a glass of water. And she's like, no, you're not sit down. I'm like, Oh, yeah. assistant husband. <laughs> like, so no, you're good. not getting a glass of water. No, you're not actually insane. Um, Whitney's business is stressing me out so much. Oh my God. Oh my God. I really, yeah, I I love her. So I don't want her to fail. And you could see her husband being like all at once, clearly disappointed, but also like not disappointed or helpful enough, like not turning that disappointment into like constructive, helpful suggestions and criticism. But it's sad that in this conversation of her saying she spent her entire life savings into this company, I, as a fan of the show, watching it so, so, so intently and fiercely, completely forgot what her company makes. And oh does. no, it's just skincare. She it's had, remember there's skincare. all those like acne. Yeah. I actually looked it up oh, and I was like, okay, okay. If she, if she is applying for a million dollar line of credit, like I need there to be a website with the products on the page right now. Like if there's yeah. no website, like I'm going to be devastated and it's, it's just like a bunch of skincare. I think she, her whole thing is like, I cured myself of my really horrendous, like painful acne that no one could figure out with like probably essential oils and all of that kind of stuff. Um, which is totally fine. Like she's well within her right to have a skincare line. I just think if you're paying like literally $20,000 for a photo shoot and that person comes to your house 
and takes pictures of people holding a dog in front of a wall in your house, like you need to ask for your money back. Like if you're not, if you pay, if you're like, okay, I agree to the price $20,000 for a photo shoot for my brand. And they're not like, great. Here's the address of my soundstage where I have a studio with sets where we're going to dress you up in front of like some sort of backdrop and like take pictures for your business, then like immediately cancel because you can do that on your iPhone. Otherwise, you know, do it on your iPhone in your bathroom against a white wall. Yeah, it did seem like a real example of the way she just lights money on fire. Yeah. Skincare is also probably at the height of its competitive nature right now in terms of just like the market. Like that's just such a wild thing to get into. And celebrity like brands, particularly in skincare, are notorious for not being effective and not being good. So not only are you entering an insanely competitive market, but you have the odds set against you where you're not going to have trust from consumers because everything that's like the JLo skincare is like, everybody knows it's bullshit. So if I'm not buying JLo skincare yeah. because it's olive oil, I'm certainly not going to buy Whitney's skincare from Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. I'm sorry. Yeah. So absolutely. I, I want people to everybody go buy it. Um, and I'm saying this as somebody who had super severe acne. And so she's like preaching to me, but I feel, yeah, nervous for it's her. It's just honey. also like you can do the skincare, but like do what give them, I hate to say it, give them Lala Beauty is doing, like do, sell it on Instagram. And then once you graduate, yeah. it's like you have to get to a certain level before you can, oh, so stressful. Also like don't, if you took out, I, I really thought Justin, her husband was like being very nice because if my partner took out a million dollar line of credit without talking to me, like I would lose it. That yeah. I would. And I, I would, told you on camera. Yeah. I would yeah. freak the fuck out. And then she was like, and then if I don't get that, then we're on the hook for $250,000. And he literally, I mean, in the most calm voice ever, he was like, okay, so you do understand like if I die, like we're fucked. Like you're not mm. going to be taken care of. And I was like, that's such a that's actually thing like a really say, smart thing too. to say. Yeah. It's a smart <laughs> thing. It's just such a real, like, Okay. So what happens if I die, dude? Like brutal. I'm like 30 years older than you. And we have like children, you know, you remember them? They're like sitting right here while we have this conversation. Yeah. I, uh, I am not, I'm not clear on what you were thinking. Like that's, I, I mean, I feel like there's so many husbands on these shows who would have freaked the fuck out in a totally different way. Well, and that's the thing. I don't want him to freak out, but I do want him to like be say more things along that line of, in terms of being like helpful and like giving it context. And it's like, there's a difference between me not believing in you and not believing in this product and just like wanting to set ourselves up for safety. Like, like that's, there's a difference between trying to be successful and then like really being risky, but you could be risky while also being somewhat safe in protecting yourself and your kids. My God. Yeah. Ugh. Like you could get a $10,000 line of credit. That's a lot of money. You can do a lot of stuff. Yeah. For photos. I mean, like I had my headshots taken for like deadline and it was like a hundred dollars, you know, like there's, yeah, you there's just... people who can like do good work and will give you a good rate and you can get a lot done for like, oh, you know, very, very small and $5,000. Like that would have been yeah. beautiful. You know, I don't think you can tell the difference between a $5,000 and a $20,000 Instagram skincare line photo shoot. Like nobody can tell, you know? So yeah. Mm -mm. Anyway, don't worry, you guys. I never used the deadline photo. So now you all know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. Don't worry, guys. 
actually, you know what? I did use it for our podcast network. So yeah, it's my contact photo for you. So pretty fierce. Um, I wanted to just briefly talk about a show that I watched 15 minutes of called finding oh, yes. magic Mike. Did you get a chance to push play on this at all or no? No, I, I went home and immediately went to sleep. I okay. apologize. No, no, but no. I got okay. a text from Alyssa that said <laughs> out of the blue, I dare you to watch finding magic Mike. And I was like, bitch, try me. <laughs> and I was like, okay, we saw this on HBO max on the homepage. And I was like, wow, this is a fucking brilliant idea for a reality show. I'm going to watch this entire thing. Like we're going to watch like a dance competition show with like hot guys auditioning to be in the magic Mike show. Like absolutely a plus idea. Great job. HBO max. I turn it on. What is it? It is not hot guys who know how to dance that are auditioning to be Magic Mike. It's really sad men who have gone through horrible things like my fucking marriage fell apart and I'm out of the military now. And they're like (gasps) overweight and they have like no confidence. It's like the queer eye. And then they're like, we're going to make these guys like so sexy that they can audition for Magic Mike. And I watched 15 minutes of this. It was very like men's rights. And I was like, why am I not just watching extremely hot guys fucking oh, dance and fight with each other? Absurd. Okay, I'm gonna say it, and we've both <laughs> worked on HBO Max shows. Whoever is in the reality department of HBO Max, can we talk to you kindly, respectfully? <laughs> what the fuck is going on with you? Like these amazing titles, and then it's like they took a bet of like, what are the best titles? Fuck Boy Island. Finding Magic Mike. And then you go, oh, I hear that title. I Oh, I know the logline. Is this the logline? How clever. And they go, no, guess what? It's going to be a lot more complicated <laughs> and sad. It's going to be a downer. And you're like, why? Who are you guys pitching? To? Like, is this just some... This reminds me of like when we're watching Succession and one of the characters will be like, okay, just give me like a role. Just like, let me do, you know, for fun, like television in Europe. Uh-huh. And like, they just like get handed up. Like maybe that's the case in the HBO Max reality department. It's like somebody's relative. is just like, just let me run the reality department and I'll make up these shows. That's so crazy that it would have. Yeah. You hear Finding Magic Mike and I know the show. I see the show in my yeah. mind's eye and I go wow, take all my time, take all my money. I'll be here for days. And then the fact that you would have to bend over backwards to come up with that concept is crazy. It also like just doesn't work or make any sense because it's like if you're competing to be in a show that's dance oriented and then none of them can dance and they're like trying to give credit to the guys who are trying really hard. I'm like, this fucking sucks. I don't want to watch guys try really hard. I want to watch hot men like dance, you know? And then the other funny thing is they like reference Channing Tatum so much. And it's like pretty clear that he's not in the show at all. (laughs) They just have clips from magic Mike of him, like doing like one move that he made famous. And I'm like, this is the saddest thing I've ever seen. It's just like simpler is better. You know what I mean? Like you don't have to overthink a reality show. No, especially like a dance competition show. Like done, done crazy two hot male dancers competing to see who's the hottest male dancer like in vegas for a spot in vegas like it's great vegas wow that's fucking bonkers i am blown away i'm still gonna (laughs) i'm still at some point i will put it on just to make sure it is as crazy as you say yeah i might click around a little more to see if it's uh gets any dumber but (laughs) very disappointing to me um anything else 
what else? No. Are, was there any other news or anything? It's kind of a slow time of year. It is because they know everybody is busy and running away from uh, Omicron. Um, <laughs> but this is our last episode of the year. And so I hope everybody is like very, stays very safe and enjoys their holidays. And we're also going to take like a little like indefinite sort of break as we gather what this new year is going to look like and what our jobs and lives and all that jazz is going to be. Um, so yeah, that's like really all I have to say about the matter. It feels like such a weird end of year in that. And I know we kind of talked about this at the beginning, but like last year, the end of the year was like so sad and weird and everybody's like alone and being by themselves. And then the runway up to this season was like, oh, it's so exciting. Like we can now see family and it's, uh, just like a little bit more like, like the good old days. And then in the past 48 hours for it to become like sudden crunch time a little bit is a little yeah. scary. Yeah. Um, so I don't mean to sound sad at the end. <laughs> great, great, great job. But I Wonderful. think we've had a fabulous podcast year and we love you all very much. And just like stay tuned in terms of we're going to figure out in what capacity we are going to come back next year. Absolutely. And Merry Christmas, you guys. And uh, stay safe. Get boosted if you haven't. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Woo!